Welcome to Connecting the Community podcast. I am your host, Marge Andre. I will be connecting you to people, organizations, and events that create community. I am creating this podcast in Richmond Hill, an eclectic and very culturally diverse community with lots of trees and streams and interesting people just up the hill from Toronto. On this podcast, I am talking with Heidi Kreiner, longtime Richmond Hill resident and a longtime local realtor. Welcome, Heidi. Hey there, Mark. How are you? I am doing well. I'm so glad that you could uh, join me for this podcast. This is actually our second podcast. Um, the first one, oh. you gave me sort of a history uh, lesson of the development growth of Richmond Hill. You've been here for a long time. Uh, we only touched on this boom in condos that are being built here. Basically, a lot of people will be living in condos here in Richmond Hill. And you have let me know that there's a lot to know about buying a condo, particularly a brand new yet to be built condo yep. even even for those who've bought and sold houses before there's a lot to know so i'm going to start with a really basic question can you define what condo is okay condominium ownership is a type of ownership just like freehold when you uh, own your house and you own the lot that it's on and um you own it in fee simple. So you own a freehold home. You're responsible for all the maintenance. If the roof leaks, if the grass needs cutting, if the landscaping needs being done, um, the garden shed collapses in the back, a fence falls, you are responsible for the maintenance of your property. In a condominium, it's it you own inside the walls of your unit. Everything outside of the walls except maybe your parking spot and your locker, which might be in the basement, and they are part of your title, but you still only own inside that locker and, and that parking spot, per se the use of that parking spot. Everything else outside the interior of your living space is owned by a condominium corporation, which you are a part of. So all of that is called the common elements. So when the roof leaks and the roof needs to be fixed, it gets fixed by the corporation, the property management company. There is a company usually that manages the building, gets quotes. You can go to meetings. You're a part of a group of people who own the common elements. You own them with other people. And, and they then do the roof repair and you are responsible for paying your proportionate share, which gets that proportionate share, what the percentage is, depends on square footage, how much you, like how big your balcony is, everything that you use, and then you have to pay your share. Monthly, in a condominium um, ownership, you pay your condominium fee and your condominium fee from condo to condo. And this is a really big question when you go to buy a condo is what's included in your fee? Because people have said to me, well, the fee is only $500. Yeah, but it doesn't include your heat, your hydro. It only includes the common elements, 
It only includes building insurance. It doesn't include air conditioning. You have to pay all those on top. So people will say, well, this one's $1,000, but it might include everything, your heat, your hydro, your air conditioning, your amenities, your common, everything. You don't pay anything but your realty taxes. So that is a really big way on what it's going to cost you monthly. But that's once you own it. This is what my big concern is is that people don't understand the process of buying a new condominium. So it's really wise for you to speak to a knowledgeable realtor that can explain that, know what questions to ask, and your lawyer. Because when you walk into a new sales office, they're not really going to tell you all the, those details. That's really up buyer beware. Always buyer beware. Find out from somebody who's in your corner. Woo. Okay. I thought I was asking a one sentence answer and I didn't get that, but thank you so much for all that good information. Oh, okay. We're getting off to a good start here. So um, am I right to say that currently there are lots of options to buy these yet to be built, these brand new condos in Richmond Hill right now? Richmond Hill, long ago, when uh, Bob Ray was uh, premier of the province, was already looked at because we, for growth and for, for in, like intensification growth. And the reason being is we have Young Street and they know that, I mean, sadly, the subway only went to Finch, which was really a bad stop, in my opinion. Um, and we have the rail line the GO train. So in between Young and the GO train was already designated way back in the 80s as being a high growth area because they're in order to promote getting away from cars, this all includes environmental transit, building transit, you have to have people that are going to use it to spend the millions upon millions, even billions, to build transit, right? People have to use it. And so in order to entice that, you have to have high density close to transit. If you just have detached homes and you start building farm fields, those people have to drive there. So you're kind of, you know, not getting the results that you're looking for. So way back then, Richmond Hill was already designated. Mm -hmm. The province now, under the current regime, has named Highway 7 and Young Street as a major hub, a major growth hub, a major community center. It's been deemed the Union Station of the North is what's going to happen at Young and 7. Mm -hmm. So it's going to look very, very different than it does now. The subway is going to go there. The GO train is there. The Viva buses are there. It's going to be a hub across for GO uh, buses and, and probably, maybe not in your lifetime and mine, a subway that will go across Highway 7 mm -hmm. yeah. and reach that area too. So it is the cross section. So Richmond Hill has been designated that for that fast growth. In that, we have lots of condos that are being built up Young Street. You've seen them. The cranes are out there. There's still a lot more that are in the middle of being um, 
approved. So they haven't come up for sale yet, but the sites are already designated. One of them is going to pro is going to be and is Young Street and 16th. We're going to see where Hillcrest is, those corners where the no frills is, the center. All those huge parking lots are probably going to be condominiums. So that is going to be one of the major hubs as well in Richmond Hill, as well as Highway 7. So we're going to see a lot of new condos, a very different look to Richmond Hill. And that's why I think it's so important for people to understand when you walk into a sales office on what you're dealing with. Whoa. Okay. Yeah, I think we, we stop at the traffic lights at Young and 16th. We should look up and imagine what things will be like 10 years from now, probably. So, yeah. yeah. It's a while to build them to get them approved. Yeah, it does. Build them. Uh, yeah. You're warning us of what is to come. Okay. So, let's say Saturday morning, I'm out shopping for groceries and um, I turn into a condo sales office. You know, the banners and the balloons uh, sort of lured me in. Okay. Uh, okay. So I go in. What happens? Can I actually buy a million dollar condo on the way back from groceries? Uh, yeah. Yeah, you actually can. Okay. The good thing is, the good thing is, is that there is a, when you buy a new condominium, there is a 10 day cooling off period. My advice to you would be don't go buying a condo when you've just finished your groceries, okay? Go home, investigate. You can look up in Richmond Hill with uh, the Richmond Hill development, you know, the city, you can call the planning department, ask what's happening on these corners, when the approvals are going in. The caution that I want people to understand is just because there's a new home sales office, don't think you're going to be moving in like before Christmas, as you said. <laughs> condominiums, especially condominiums, can take anywhere from three to five years to build. Hmm. And that's once they have approvals, depending on how tall it is, how many amenities there are, how big the site is. So it's really important to know at what stage you're at, at what stage that development is at, whether they have approvals already, because they can put a sign up and sell before they even have the town's final approval. So there could they could be saying, we're going to have 25 stories when it hasn't even been finally approved. They can say, as you said, a pool on the roof, which that hasn't been finally approved. That's a lot of engineering going to a pool on the roof. <laughs> you know, so... So those types, the, the site might not even have final environmental approval. I mean, I don't know if you know the site at Young across from Richmond Heights where Radcliffe's was. That is an environmental mess. So that's why there's nothing there yet, right? Mm -hmm. And there's wetlands there. So they have to get a lot of approvals, you know, across. So that's why... It's best not to walk into, whether it's for a detached home or a condo, especially a condo, it's best not to walk in on a whim. It should never be a whim. I don't think buying the most expensive thing that you ever buy in your life should ever be a whim. It should be investigating and okay. have someone that represents you well. Yes. Okay. 
Thank you for that caution. But okay. Uh, you've sort of touched on this, but the builder really does have a lot of leeway. Like, okay, I've gone in, I've thought about it. I want to have a condo there at Young and 16th. Um, and I like this building and I sign on the dotted line, but they, the builder has can really change a lot of things, can't they? Well, it might not always be the builder that changes it. If they don't have final approvals, mm -hmm. it could be mm -hmm. that the municipality doesn't want that or doesn't approve that or it doesn't fit the neighborhood. Like it's, I think it's really important for our planners and our council to understand where that building is a backing onto, how tall it is, what the shadows are that that's going to do. If you've got residential homes right beside a 30 story building, you're going to have a whole bunch of people coming out screaming, which we saw at Bernard and Young, right? They wanted to put 30 stories there and it backs right onto residential homes. So in smart planning, if you were planning a new, like let's just say you had blank land and you were planning it, the closest to the major intersections or the major arterial roads would be high density and then go into lower density townhouses and then into detached homes. Like it, it kind of allows that. There's one building at um, that's older at Bayview and Highway 7 where they made them terrible the building close to Bayview it's tall and then it terraces down towards the valley and the detached homes so that's always an option so the builder might show you these plans but he may not have gotten final approval for them mm -hmm. so it may look very different than the beautiful sculpture that he has in the middle of the sales office or that beautiful um, uh, video that he's showing of all these people enjoying this wonderful space, right? That's not to say it's not going to be that, but don't be surprised that there are changes. Okay. Now, does the builder have to, uh, or the sales agent, is there some sort of communication between those who have bought and those who are building? Well, a good builder will, but the problem is, is if, you know, if you've sold to 400 people already, and you know, being standing at a podium and speaking in a room of 400 people, you're going to have how many that disagree and how many that agree. Most new home sales do not allow you on the property. Like if you buy a house, you can't go walking into for, for a lot of obvious reasons, like lit litigation reasons and things like that. So a lot of times they don't tell you unless it's something major that's going to impact your unit. Okay. So a lot of times you don't find out a lot of changes that are made um, to the building. Okay. They have no obligation to do that. Oh, okay. I was hoping there'd be a newsletter and a whatever. Okay. I'm dreaming. Uh, they might. Okay. Okay. <laughs> You can, if you mean, I was building it, them. I don't know if I'd want everybody to have an input into how it's, you know, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. it okay. doesn't, it doesn't create, yeah, you're going to have 400 different opinions. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, um, let's just say that you've got a unit on the fifth floor, it's going to be a 30 sturdy building. Uh, it's, but it's, um, your fifth floor is built but the 30th floor isn't, you can still 
you have to take possession, even though it's a construction zone? Yep. When your fifth floor is finished and possibly the one above it, you know, like they usually release them in like three floors or something as they're going. But if you're on the fifth floor, you have an occupancy date, which means when that floor is finished enough, that doesn't mean that the hallways even have to have the floors finished. I have gone in and shown condos where the elevator opens and there aren't even tiles yet, but the condo is at occupancy stage. So, you can rent it, but you do have to take occupancy. And what that means is you don't get title to it. You can't put a mortgage on it yet. You have to pay the common expenses and you have to pay a proportionate share towards the large mortgage that has been placed on the entire building to be built. So it's like paying rent. And that does not even come off of your mortgage. That payment can be, if you're on the fifth floor and they're building 30 stories, that could take another three years. You could be making that payment to the builder for your common elements, for your heat, whatever, whatever they decide is that proportionate share, as well as your proportionate share to the multi-million dollar mortgage that he's placed on it. And it could take you two, three years before you can actually get title to it, as well as that you're allowed to put a mortgage on it. And that's the big crux. Ooh, okay. That so, intense. Okay. okay. So the reason I'm warning people, and it's not that, I mean, millions of people have bought condos across the country, new ones. But if you're a young couple... And let's say you're spending 750000 on a condo and you've qualified for a mortgage and you're putting the least amount down and the mortgage at the time was 2.5% and you qualified, just qualified, by the time that building is built, which we've seen in the last three years, the mortgage rate is now 5%, you may not get a mortgage. Ooh. So you might not be able to close which could be not good because you could lose your deposits. Yeah. That's why a lot of them get thrown on the market to sell quickly before they have to close because they've been in and all that money that you've paid every month to be there does not go to, towards paying down your mortgage. It's like you're paying rent, hmm. which might be okay too, because a normal condo rents in Richmond Hill, um, depending on the size, anywhere from 2000 to 2500 mm -hmm. right? So, you know, if you buy in and your monthly payments are $1,200 or $1,500, it's still less than renting, but you have that risk. Mm. Okay, lots to think about. Okay. There is a lot to think about buying new condos. Yeah. Uh, you know, how are condo fees set and, and how are they increased? I'm assuming they never decrease. I've never heard of any of them decreasing unless they were estimated too high and there was a board of directors meeting and it was proven on the financial statements, but it's very rare. First of all, it depends on, that is a good question to ask when you're buying a condo. What are the condo fees and what do they include? Even a new condo, 
A lot of times in a new home sales office, the person you're talking to doesn't know because the building hasn't been built yet and they haven't set them yet. They can give you an estimate, but that's all it is. If your condo includes heat, hydro, air conditioning, um, those are out of the control of the condominium um, corporation forever and ever. Because if hydro rates go up across the country or the province, yours will go up too. If um, heating, uh, the gas, uh, electricity, those are out of the control, just like when you own a home, right? Um, the things that you also want to look for when you're buying a new condo is what the, what the common elements are going to include. Like, are there, is there going to be an outdoor pool and an indoor pool? Are there going to be racket clubs? Are there going to be barbecues? Are there going to be gyms? Are there going to be bicycle rooms? Are they going to be, you know, you really have to look at what your lifestyle is. If you're never going to use those two pools because you got a cottage and you don't think you're ever going to use the hot tub or the sauna or and you're just not that, then maybe you should be looking at a smaller boutique building that doesn't have all those things and you're not paying huge monthly fees for something that needs to be taken care of. You have to also understand that those type of things, depending on how long you want to stay in the condo and how old the building is, on when they're going to need major repairs, you know? So buying into a, um, a resale building, you wanna know how old the building is and when those things were last maintained. Where, where the elevators done, you know, those types of things. Mm. Because you could all of a sudden end up with a special assessment, let's say to fix all the elevators of $10,000. Like those things happen. Mm. So, but it's just like if your roof failed at home. If all of a sudden, well, there's a fifteen to $20,000 bill that you need to pay to get your roof replaced, right? Mm -hmm. So it's the same thing in a condo. You have to pay towards those things. So condominium fees on a monthly basis can also include re... They, they also include every time you pay what they call a reserve fund. And every condominium has to build a good reserve fund. If the roof all of a sudden goes and they have to pay for it, there has to be money in the reserve fund to do that. But once it's been used or depleted, they may have to raise the fees in order to build that back up quickly. Hmm. So those are all things that people need to be aware of when you're going into a condo. And they don't know that really how much it's going to cost when they're first, when you're going into a new building. A lot of times they're very low when you first start, including your hydro and that. But as the building ages and as they realize, oh, we're going to need a security guard here, not just a, because of whatever happens in the building, those costs all need to be taken into account and you're paying your proportionate share. Okay. Again, lots to think about. A lot of okay. information when buying a condo. <laughs> but okay. a reason should be able to explain all this to you mm. if they're knowledgeable about condominiums. Right. Okay. Uh, you've also told me about you know closing costs and there are HST payments, um, which I didn't know about. Can you explain that? There, there can be. If you have a principal residence and you're not buying this condo, as a principal residence, you may be charged HST. Mm -hmm. So you have to talk to your lawyer 
on how this would be looked at, okay? And how, what, how you're buying this, okay? So title makes a difference, but that's a legal fee, a, a legal opinion and, and a legal decision. So it's a big question to talk to your lawyer so don't go in like two weeks before closing and bring them the documents, right? You want to give your lawyer a heads up as soon as you're, or even before, as I said, when you buy a new condo, you have a 10-day cooling off period. My advice to everybody is to immediately take your agreement of purchase and sale and all your documents to a lawyer, have them review it, have them tell you everything that they they should be telling you everything I'm telling you, um, how much the deposits are, when you have to pay them, because there are staggered deposits you have to come up with. So the lawyer will explain all of that to you in the agreement of purchase and sale. Make sure you make a copy for them and keep the original because you want to be able to read that in fine detail. Hmm. Okay. I do enjoy other types of reading, but okay. Um, we'll... But this is important. You're spending yeah. a lot of money. Money, yeah, <laughs> it really is important. Okay, okay. Um, so yeah, we're you really have said why you should not go to the sales office after um not on a whim, <laughs> not on yourself after buying groceries. You, it's best to go with a realtor. So you know, I'm I'm thinking you I'm going into the sales office with you. Um, how does this people in the sales office feel about? someone coming in with a realtor? It really depends sometimes on the market. Right now, we've seen a little bit of a, well, I don't want to say a slow because things are pretty heated out there, but there is going to be tons and tons of condos on the market and there already is. And so that market is a little softer sometimes. And some of the builders are offering commission to, realtor, to realtors to come in. But if they're not, it might be wise to you to sit down and say to a realtor, listen, would you be willing to come in with me? It's just a couple hours. What would you charge me? Like pay, pay a little bit of a fee. It's well worth it if you have a realtor that has experience and knows what questions to ask. I have helped many, many of my uh, clients, you know, that I've sold. I don't charge them because I've sold them houses or they're and they're wanting to buy a new home. I'll go in and help them because it's important to me that they're buying and know what's ahead of them and really know what's ahead of them. Okay. Okay. Um, so you, you, you don't think that the sales office minds the realtors coming in and acting very authoritatively. Um, I have, I've never had them be, um, how would I say a grab? with me. I'll say, this is my client. I've worked with them for years. They're wanting to buy from you. And they've asked me to come along to help them navigate through and to represent them in understanding what you're offering and to explain things to them. Once they've purchased or decided to purchase, I will obviously guide them to their lawyer. Okay. Right. Okay. Because I'm not a lawyer. I won't give legal opinion, right? Mm -hmm. So what can you encapsulate, like what does a realtor do for you in buying a brand new condo? Well, we'll know what questions to ask. And you can Google that too. Like if you go online yourself, mm -hmm. and this is, 
the biggest thing that I want to hit home is that it should never be on a wheel. Oh, honey, let's go out this afternoon and buy a condo. Sit down and investigate, really investigate. There are a lot of good sites out there that will give you 10 important questions to ask when you walk into a new home sales office or a new condo sales office, 10 important questions to ask. But I would sit down with a realtor. I'm not telling everybody that they have to do that because some people, you know, it depends. A, it depends what you do for a living. If, if you're an artist and you paint and business isn't really your forte, then maybe you need someone who's really business-minded to go in with you about financing, about mortgaging, about costs, about, you know, those types of things. It really depends on who you are and what you're comfortable with and take someone in that knows the questions to ask. Okay. I think that's important. Yeah. Okay. Is there anything you would say that is unique or different about the condo market in Richmond Hill than say in Toronto? Um, it depends where in Toronto. Toronto's really big. Yeah. Oh, so, yes, you know, yes. if you're looking at Eglinton and uh, Don Mills, as opposed to downtown, you know, close to the lake, I think it really depends on where you are in Toronto. I think Richmond Hill is going to have, um, and I've said this for like a decade, that we're going to be swamped with so many condos. And so many, because people are buying them as investments, right? And so many that are empty. Um, and so that that really impacts the market and how quickly things will sell. And I've known two sites where they originally had been approved for condos and they actually de-zoned them and changed them to townhouses because the townhouses would sell quicker than the condos. When you have a sea of condos being built, then obviously people have a lot of choice and there's only so many people that are buying them. We do have a lot of foreign investors, but there's a big tax on that too. We do have a lot of young couples that need to get into and I think that's what's gonna help. I think people really need to look at taking the first rung when you're looking at buying real estate. You know, you don't have to go for that $1.5 million home and almost hang yourself with mortgage payments. Um, you know, because if you lose your job or change or something, that's a big thing to lose, right? So take your time, um, you know, take one step at a time in investment and get a good realtor and stick with them. If they're honest and they're like, I'm selling grandkids, where I've sold their grandparents. I've been in it so long. So, you know, it's important to get someone who's really there for you to give you the right advice. Mm -hmm. Okay. Is there anything else that you wanted to add? Any other words of wisdom, um, advice? The one thing, you know, there's so many people that are saying, we don't want all these condos. We don't want all these condos. And then they, on the other hand, they're saying, we don't want all this development, you know, farmland and greenfields and everything. This is a very fine balance. It's almost like you can't have your cake and eat it too. Like if you're against building condos, then you're kind of pro using farmland to build houses because ultimately people are having children. We're living longer. There's immigration. People want to live here. We have to provide housing. So it has to be kind of one or the other. There's got to be a balance. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants to see an entire town of condos and nobody wants to see 
all our green space built up either. Mm. So it's, it's a, a really important balance. We've got to be providing for everybody. Yeah. Development will come. When I moved here, there were 16,000 people. I've wow. been here. I've been here 55 years, 55 Whoa. years. You've seen change. So, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. And we're at 220, and there's lots more to come. There's lots more to come. It's not going to stop at 220. No. no. Okay. I do like to end the podcast asking the same question of everyone. Uh, and I've asked you before, but I'm going to ask you again. Name one thing you really like about this community. What I love about this community, and and I was involved um, years and years ago when they came across with the slogan. They had a survey, and we were out there, and we were helping, and I actually helped design the logo, and we were talking. But what I really love still is it's a little north and a little nicer. That's not a dig at Toronto, okay? Um, but what I really like is the Richmond Hill community um, there's so many things you could get involved with. It's so down to earth. We still have that wonderful community feeling. We still have, um, you know, the mill pond and we have the winter carnival and we have, you know, the, on Thursdays, you can go listen to a, a band play in the, in the gazebo there. It's wonderful. So there's still so many things and there's still um, a really tight knit, community that people know each other and they reach out to each other and they help each other. It's a very friendly down to earth, still small town feel to it. Okay. Um, it, it we hang on to it as tight yeah. as we can okay. and uh, we still reach out to each other. And, and I just love Richmond Hill. Very good. Yeah. Okay. And so do I, and that's why I'm doing these podcasts and talking to so many great people. You keep uh, going large. Yes. So it's all, all very positive. So thank you, Heidi, for taking the time to do this podcast. I hope we see each other at a concert or someplace around town quite soon. Good. Thank you, Marge. Thank you for listening. I would very much appreciate you sharing this podcast. Please tune in next week as we continue to explore the community. Consider emailing me at Marge, M-A-R-J, at MargeAndre.com. I welcome suggestions for podcast guests. Stay well, stay connected. <laughs>